Hey, this is Wednesday 13, and you are watching CMS TV. It is Chris Aiken Presents, and I, of course, am Chris Aiken, and I am thrilled to be talking some metal with this guy. I am a big, big fan for a long, long time. Uh, the band, of course, is Leatherwolf. They are back after way too long away with a new release called Kill the Hunted. It is out on November 11th, and here to talk all about it is the drummer and the guy from Leatherwolf himself, Mr. Dean Roberts. Dean, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Hello, everybody. Glad to um, finally be talking about this record absolutely world (laughs) (laughs) well dude let's talk let's get right into it man kill the hunted fantastic stuff man as i was telling you before we got started to me it sounds like classic leather wolf um so why don't we start there man it's been a long time since since we last had a a full-length leather wolf record so kind of fill in the blanks where where did you guys go where did the band go (sighs) where'd you go (laughs) um how do I, uh, so, so, you know, that level at the end of the day, mainly most of the cool songs were written by Jeff Gayer. Right. And, um, you know, when, when, when we got back together in 99 and, um, started, uh, playing a couple shows and going to Europe and play with the original guys, um, when it came time to make a record, um, the only ones that showed up were me and Jeff. Okay. So we made that record and then, um, um, we went out to promote it and, um, you know, way back, way had uh, parted ways with him. So then we let Mikey sing on it, which I mm-hmm. kind of regret now. And uh, went out on tour, and then things just fell apart with Jeff. And then um, Mike and Carrie wanted to uh, basically get rid of Jeff and um, see what we could do. And right. so basically, from then on, um, I, I had to make a decision if I wanted to do it or not. But um, at the end of the day, Mike and Carrie really just don't write. Okay. At all, you know. So I got stuck sitting around doing level stuff, you know, uh, just playing shows, just more, more as a, you know, hey, you know, we'll go play shows and this and that. <laughs> and then, um, so years go by, we do our thing, and uh, um, we go to Europe and play a show with uh, for rock art, and um, Yop asks us to make a record. Okay. And um. So uh, we start making it, and and Mike Oliveri uh, tells me um, he wants to make this record with two new guys, and he doesn't want me to write. And so um, I already own the trademark. I, I've been paying for everything forever, so I just said, I'll make this. Yeah, yeah, right. I'm done with you, dude. You know? And plus, we were going to go on tour and play. Uh, me and Carrie were going to fund the Street Ready 30-year deal, go to your mm-hmm. play 15 shows. And Mikey wanted to um, get paid. Right. You know, and he wanted to own the trademark. Yeah. No. Uh, and so I, I, I had already done this to protect myself because Mikey never paid a dime for anything. Right. You know, he was just, uh, I think he just liked being in, in Leatherwolf because he got to be famous or whatever. I mean, to me, Leatherwolf never was really that popular. So I just parted ways with him, you know. So um, after that, um, I just went back to Carrie and uh, I said, hey, dude, uh, here's a song that I arranged and I wrote the drum parts for, which was turned up be called nobody okay. and um he uh he came up with a good riff and he came up with some some really good ideas for the song so i said okay you know i could do this you know 
And um, I was already done with Mike, uh, so I just started talking to my friends about younger singers that could sing. Sure. And um, and then Carrie wanted to use Jeff. Um, so uh, here we go back to Jeff Gator, mm-hmm. uh, who um, he, he's a phenomenal player. He's a phenomenal writer. You know, he's at a different level than most people on this planet when it comes sure. to playing guitar and writing, you know, all those riffs, mm-hmm. which... Carrie and Mike aren't even close. Sure. And, uh, you know, so when we started doing this thing with him, um, now I know why Carrie went back to him because Carrie doesn't have to do anything. Jeff can do everything, you know? Sure. <laughs> and so, uh, so we got down the road and uh, things just didn't work out with me and Jeff. Um, so I just, after I finished the drums and finished the bass, I just, uh, I was stuck in a spot to where, had to make a choice, you know? Right. So uh, me and Robbie and, and the singer were already working on this stuff. And um, we just decided to finish it because, you know, we already had the drums and the bass done, so we couldn't stop. And we already had spent the money at that point, you know? Sure. Mm-hmm. So I, so from there out, then we um, found Barry, Barry Sparks. You know, Barry? I do know Barry from Dockin. Well, he's, he's like, uh, I mean, because I've always played with the same guys, you know? And so, right. Playing with that type of bass player just really opened my eyes to how much at a different level of playing that dude is, you know, oh, yeah. and plus he's the nicest guy on the planet, you know? So once I got done with the drums and I got the bass lines, I just go, man, this is, this is pretty gnarly, you know? Right. And then, um, you know, so Robbie, me and Robbie started talking and, and um, we just agreed that we're going to finish this, you know? So Robbie did, uh, you know, probably 99% of all the guitars on this album. Okay. And, um, and then um, we got a couple people like George Lynch and Joel Holstra to do some stuff. Um, and there's some stuff that didn't make, the, make this record that's going to be released next year that they're on, you know? Okay. But it was kind of cool working with those guys. You know, they got a different vibe. You know, you, you start learning, you just start learning, uh, you know, clean, talented guys that got their own vibe, you know, where you can just hear them play and know it's them, you know? That was sure. just cool for me, you know? Right. You know, because I was just kind of sort of used to... Uh, just middle of the road, me- mediocre players, you know, okay. recording and stuff, you know, cause this is a, uh, the last record that I recorded was the live record. And then the, before that was world asylum. Right. You know, which at the end of the day, you know, I've just been, just been paying for everything, trying to keep this thing going, you know? Mm-hmm. So in a nutshell, that's the history of that. And right. um, this, this production was kind of fun. And so what songs do you like? I, I like Kill the Hunted a lot. I, I like The Henchman a lot. I like Hit the Dirt a lot. I mean, I think those are, I know you said you didn't, that Hit the Dirt was probably your least favorite. I'm surprised by that because it's such a good tune, man. Well, it's not that it's, um, it's okay, so, so hit, uh, Kill the Hunted. You know, I wrote that. Okay. I, I even played the guitar the first, uh, during the first, the first part and, you know, the verses. Right. And, um, you know, I wrote that, that, that riff, you know, like 2006, but I couldn't get the original guys to do anything with it. They didn't like it, you know? So, so, uh, so this time it, it came around and me and Robbie started working on it a bit. And, and I wrote the words and the melodies and, uh, and it turned out the story was about, you know, um, the ending of Leather Wolf. Okay. Wow. But it was, it was just kind of cool that I got the opportunity to write something and that, you know, and that even that you even like it. <laughs> it's kind of cool for me. You know, I just go, I wonder what I could have done back in the days when, you know, we were actually making level of records with the real guys, you know? Sure. 
Well, you, you know, the, the interesting thing, and, and, you know, you and I talked about before we got started, though, is I think maybe just because you've been in Leatherwolf basically for the whole run, whatever you write is going to have that vibe to it. And, and this stuff, I mean, the, the songs that I mentioned or, or even probably my favorite, my favorite, favorite song on the record is Madhouse. I love that. That's classic Leatherwolf sounding. It sounds like anything you could pick that out and put it pretty much anywhere on any record and it fits. Which part the leads? Yeah. That's Robbie math, man. He just, you know, it's, it's, it just, it's, it just fascinates me that somebody that could do that. And then right. someone would listen to the song. I mean, and, and just go, that's so level when officially, I mean, Jeff came up with the riffs, he came up with the arrangement, you know, and Keith wrote the vocals and I just did my drum parts and put my, my stuff in it. But Robbie, there's something about Rob Math, you know, that mm-hmm. you can just, you know, get in the mode and do and, and you know, be the man and, and still stay in the level family of the history of, of our music, you know? Sure. Definitely. Yeah, Madhouse. So that was that was another one. We were we're, we're shooting some videos uh, next week and we were trying to decide um, what's the second song, you know? Right. And um, and Chris, our manager, was going, well, I think it should be Madhouse. And I'm going you know, because I, I, I got a broken wrist, you know, oh, so I got okay. a, I got a metal plate in here, so I can't really play. You know, okay. So there, there's a there's there's two fills in there that I just can't play. Right. <laughs> you know, so I was going. I got to pick a song that I can actually play. <laughs> nice. You know? Or or use some studio magic to make it look like you're playing. That could be it too. You know, with a video. Well, it's just you don't want to. You don't want to. You know, when you got a bar in your wrist and right. you got screws in it, you don't want to. You don't want to cause more damage just by trying to play a drum fill, you know? True. Yeah. Very true, man. You know, well, 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 Dean, uh, you know, obviously, you know, you, you mentioned that Mike left the band and, or you, you, you helped him leave the band, we'll say, but um, you brought in this new singer, Keith, Keith at, what is it? Adam Ayak and Adamiak. Yeah. He, he is fantastic, man. Where did you find this guy? Okay. Uh, just so people know the history of, of, of the level field, me and Carrie and Jeff started this thing. And mm-hmm. we couldn't find a singer. Now, Mikey was a, a friend of Jeff's from high school and he was an average guitar player. And, um, but he was an extremely good musician. He, okay. he had, he had, he had serious um, musical skills, you know? And so um, we, we couldn't um, find a singer. So Mikey, he did, he knew he knew all the scales. He knew he knew what singing and key was. He he knew roots, thirds, fists, the whole deal. You know, he knew he knew, he knew mm-hmm. stuff. So he just learned how to become a singer. You know, and uh, but it was by it was by pretty much um, we couldn't find one. Okay, you know, so 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 to me, I was never really fully happy about that aspect. Nothing personal. It's just that um, I always you know like Bruce Dickinson. Freaking Rob Halford, you know, those, those, those type of guys, Sammy Hagar, you know, right. Peter Gabriel, guys that can just, that can sit in, in the middle of a, of a track and they could fill it with just the beauty of their voice, you know? Right, right, sure. And I just never got that vibe from Mike Oliveri at all. But, you know, bands of democracy, whatever, whatever the vote is, is what it is. Right. So um, as this thing was going down um, with me, you know, Part ways with Mike because of his behavior. Um, I was sitting there learning how to use Superior Drummer because um, 
this particular record, I was uh, trying to write my parts in my head and put them down um, on Superior Drummer and then go learn how to play them, which was okay. a freaking nightmare, dude, because uh, my head is much better than my hands are. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, but uh, I actually was able to pull it off, you know, but it, it just taught me a lesson. So um, I was dealing with this guy named Jake, and um, he was a younger guy that was recording younger bands. And um, okay. so he knew two singers, and I, and um, and he, he played this uh, – he, he, uh, he uh, just sent me some links to some kids. They're not kids. They're young men, okay? Mm-hmm. They're young men. <laughs> and uh, and um, I thought uh, – that, that one of them had some range. I just, uh, it was a different type of music, but you know, when you're, when you're older and younger, this it's the way it's always going to be. So, um, so, um, I, I taught, I, I have Jake call the guy and then uh, within two days he came over and then he sang, um, me and Robbie were kind of, um, you, you know, the song only the wicked. Mm-hmm. You like it? Yeah, I do. Um, um, well, Mikey had done the original version, which just didn't make the cut. So um, I, I went in and rearranged it. And then me and Robbie were sitting up at two in the morning, just trying to figure out the melodies and stuff. And it turns out, you know, I, I had the story. I had the words. Okay. Because, uh, you know, during, during this whole falling apart of the original guys, I'd been doing a lot of writing, you know. And so I, I actually had a page where huh, my, Robbie was, he came up with the, with the verse. Okay. Uh, melody and then I, I couldn't sleep I, I, a thousand things run through my mind I'm trying to forget the things are driving oh it works <laughs> you know so we're sitting there doing it and then we sent it to, to Keith and he came over and he sang it and he just you know and my wife comes in and she goes you know dude you're not going any farther he's the guy right. so I said okay okay <laughs> you know and so uh it was pure luck dude sure and, uh, you know, he's, he's, uh, he's a positive guy. He writes good stories. He's not like, uh, I run, I hide poor me kind of story writer, you know, sad and lonely road. He's not, he's not that guy, you know, right. Which uh, I'm kind of, I'm more on the, on the, on the side of, you know, let's just take control and deliver, you know, like, you know, I've come to take what's mine, you know? Right. Absolutely. man. And so he started singing and started doing stuff. And then, um, it just went from there and we just, we just realized, okay, this, this kid is, he, he's the man, you know, he's the guy. Sure. Plus he can write. Which is a bonus. You know? <laughs> well, yeah. Cause I started writing for, uh, for the song, nobody. And um, for that, the henchman, you know, mm-hmm. and then he came and wrote and it just blew my stuff away, you know? And I was just like, cool. It's, it's, it's kind of different about when you're writing songs. Sometimes you can hit a home run and sometimes you can't, you know? Sure. Definitely, man. I hear you. Well, one of the tunes that I that I'm loving that I think is a home run. It doesn't sound like you do, but I, I love "Hit the Dirt," man. I think it's a great tune. Uh, you guys put out a lyric video for for this tune. I figured what we could do is take a little break here, and we'll let people hear hear a piece of it and see it. Um, so let's do it right now. This is "Hit the Dirt." It is Leather Wolf, and we'll be back with Dean Roberts right after this.
this. All right, and here we go. We'll come right back. <clears throat> that was Hit the Dirt, brand new material from Leatherwolf. Their new release, Kill the Hunted, out on November the 11th. And we are talking with the drummer of the band, the main guy of the band, Mr. Dean Roberts. And Dean, obviously, man, you have a new record after a long time away. You have a new band. You have all the pieces together. The big question that everybody asks is, are we going to see Leatherwolf? Is there going to be opportunities to get out there and tour? I know a lot of your guys are in other things as well. So is it going to, is there possibility of seeing a show or shows or festivals or, or any of that stuff? Um, yes, we're going to play shows, but okay. when it comes, when it comes to the hit the dirt thing, um, it's not that it's my, not my favorite song. It's when okay. we were writing the songs, um, you know, you go through the melodies before you start putting drums and stuff down mm-hmm. and, um, and hit the dirt just was like kind of a sleeper to me. Okay. Until we, uh, until Robbie said, Hey, you know what? I like the, I like the chorus. And once we put the chorus, uh, at the intro and the end, then I think it started turning into something. Sure. You know, so, so it started off being not so good and not that it was bad, but then it turned into something that was pretty cool. Right. Know? And, uh, sure. and the reason I released that is because I kind of wanted to do something different than the calling or, or hideaway. You know, I just wanted to do something that was simple and something that was just a, a punch to the face, you know, right. That song is that, you know? Yeah. No, it definitely so is. It's not that it's my least favorite. It's, it's, uh, it's just, I mean, there's so many other songs that are just freaking phenomenal on there, you know? Right. Well, wh- which one would you pick if you if you were handing the record to somebody and you said, "Okay, this is the this is the definitive song on this record." Which song would you pick? Um, I don't know. I I, I think like the two more most radio friendly songs are probably uh, "Only the Wicked" and, and "Kill the Hunted." Mm-hmm. But you know, I think I think too like the Henchman's a classic little deal, and I think. Uh, you know, even evil empires, it's, it's, it's kind of a redo of the kill and kill again, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you hit the dirt's pretty good. And, uh, the nobody, uh, I kind of like that one too, you know, mm-hmm. the, men, the men that sold the world. I thought that was pretty good. Sure. But I, I, you know, it's, 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 it's like an impossible question. Cause you know, <laughs> I, I've been spending almost three years on, you know, spying these songs, you know, putting them together, building them, getting them right, you know, so it's, sure. it's tricky. Right. <laughs> it definitely is. And, you know, you mentioned Evil Empire's Fall. That's a cool song, man. That has, it's probably the one track on the album, if if I was reviewing it, that I would say is different than everything else. It definitely has a, a somewhat different vibe to it. But, man, what a cool groove of a track, man. So good. Well, that's another Jeff Gayer deal. I, you know, he called me and he goes, I, 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 I'm kind of feeling kill and kill again-ish, you know? Right. And then, uh, so we did the deal. Me and Robbie came up with different ideas for the bridges and for, for some of the verses and for the middle section. And then he wrote the verses and then, and then me and Keith and Roy Z, uh, just did some finagling about the chorus. You okay. Know? Cause, uh, the chorus turned out to be four different choruses before it ended right. up there, you know? Okay. And there was something about that one. Even when I handed it off to Randy Burns, um, there were still more words in there for the chorus. I said, Randy, just do whatever you want. You know, right. you got all the words in there. Just cut, cut, cut the fluff out of it, you know? <laughs> right. Sure. 
No doubt. It, was, it was too funny because uh you know you got that whole Putin thing going down, you know? Mm-hmm. And and then you start thinking about the evil empires you know, around the world and you you start re- you start getting it's just kind of sad that people behave that way. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, the evil that men carry it needs to be uh it just needs to be addressed and gotten rid of, you know? And I I just think it's kind of it's a bummer that people have to die over it, you know? Right. No, it's crazy. It's a weird culture where 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 that stuff goes down, you know? Right. Well, <laughs> because I I I live next to some Russians. Um, okay. And uh in the in the 90s he had to escape. You know, and so he had to he couldn't tell his family or nothing and and he had to uh you know, dodge the secret police. And you could just tell, dude, it's it's just it's not a happy life for some people. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it's weird when you hear those stories because we, we put whatever we put weight wise on our lives and we think, well, this is good or this is bad or whatever, but there's always somebody that just has a story that's a little bit worse, you know, and, and you don't realize it till you actually hear it. And then you're like, Oh, well, I guess this isn't so bad. You know, <laughs> I don't know. It's just the thing about life. You know, you get comfortable on these stories and the TVs and then, you might get a little little off track about what the truth is mm-hmm. you know, about about things. Sure. So, so even with this record for me, you know, I had to confront confront uh, some truths mm-hmm. about you know love and relationships, and I had to make some decisions that weren't easy. Right. But you know, if you want to, you know, deal with evil in your life, you, you really you really need to make some changes. Right on. No, you you're a hundred percent right, man. Well, well, Dean, we mentioned touring a little bit there. Um, okay, so back to that. Yeah. yeah so so we always we wanted to tour, but you know, you got to get a, you got to get a, a an agent, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and it's it's uh, you know we got Sullivan Biggs, we got a couple people, but it's 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 always the you know the old school platinum acts that that get to play these shows, you know. Sure. And there's not many um, there's not many you know. Uh, like the anthrax well anthrax is way more successful but they they get the shows but like um like hellstar or whatever that yeah yeah when you get to go down there it's hard for those guys to get shows and just like for leather wolf you know it's you know who's like us you know and Mm -hmm. how many people are we gonna draw how many shows can we play you know right we always wanted to play more than we got an opportunity to play sure you know so is the festival is the festival scene kind of the the way that it works? Maybe maybe not the you know, Vakin, but maybe maybe like M three here in the states. You know that that seems like a good spot for for a band like Leatherwolf. Well, we played it this year, right? Right. That's what. I, that's that. I mean, yeah. that, uh, and it was um it was through Sullivan, and um, you know, it's the first time in Leatherwolf that we got to play festivals in the u.s right you know, which is kind of trippy huh yeah. we've been around forever and we never got the opportunity and all of a sudden i get a phone call to go play these two shows unfortunately you know the rock timber was kind of a bummer because i couldn't play you know right well but um, the, we always want to play it's mm-hmm. hopefully we're hoping that this record does something it catches a little bit of ground so we can get a little bit more popular and some people actually want to see us you know, because when we go to the shows, there's definitely level fans out there, and they're definitely sure. they're definitely happy to see us, and they're definitely, you know, okay with with all the new guys. You know. Hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, it's funny that the 
we have, we have a adjacent radio station to the TV to the TV portion, and the guy that runs the station, his name is Corey. He's the biggest Leather Wolf fan in the world. He's not going to believe. He's going to be like me interviewing you. My, I might as well be interviewing Keith Richards, you know, <laughs> because he's such a big Leather Wolf fan. And, yeah. and but that's that. To the bigger point on that, there are a lot of. There's a lot of people that are out there that never got to experience Leatherwolf or and, and not just Leatherwolf, but a lot of the bands that just didn't get the didn't get the love from the record companies or the radio stations back in the day. I think now in where where all the media is kind of in your hands, I think a lot of bands like yours are finding traction because we didn't get burned out on it. You know, it's like, we we've heard the name a bunch of times. We didn't burn out on it. And then we listened to it. We're like, man, this is fucking good. You know? And it, it really almost introduces you almost as a new band with some reputation. Do you see that? It's really hard for me to speculate on that stuff because he, you know, it's, it's a song and it catches uh-huh. on and you get some popularity, you know, and you know, I'm just a classic metaler, dude. I right. like Deep Purple, the freaking Rainbow, the freaking Judas, the Iron Maiden, the Led mm-hmm. Zeppelin, you know, even freaking Jackson 5, even Peter Gabriel <laughs> right. and Sammy Hagar and freaking Montrose, you know? Mm-hmm. I like all that stuff. I think it's killer, but, um, you know, the, there's just this aspect of simplicity that seems to catch on to society, you know? Yeah. You know, and so it's, it's not that it's a bad thing. But um, it doesn't really do much for me, you know. So, so uh, I mean, to me, the reason I do this is because I love to play live and I like to write music. Right. And I like to be around guys that can let that I can collaborate with. Not sure. get, I'm not writing with you going on, you know. Especially since you know I've been funding this thing since the beginning, you know. Right. Since 1999, you know. I don't need to deal with that stuff, and it's kind of fun. The funnest part of this was sitting in the ro- the garage with Robbie. And coming up with the parts, coming up with the second guitar lines, coming up with the harmonies, coming up with the melodies, you know, for the triples and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and then me and Robbie just sitting there and him doing his thing and me just telling what I thought about it was just, it was fun of the heck, you know, which I never got to do in the past. Right. Right on. That's the funnest thing for me to do, you know, so, so if I do this again, I'm just going to do it with people that I have fun with. Right. I don't have that aren't drama queens, you know, right. Right. another it. agenda to be famous or to be, <laughs> you know, I'm the original dude or society. Like, right. Uh, now, if it's not fun, why do it? That's always the theory, especially with, with music. If it's not fun, why do it? You know, if it's a job, well, I, I, I rough, it's not fun, but I still do it. Right. It, it does. It is kind of funny jumping on the roof and getting tan and just pounding nails all day. You know, it's an <laughs> right. aggression. <laughs> right it's it's as metal as it gets <laughs> pretty much nice well dude as metal as it gets is also this new release it is leather wolf kill the hunted out on november the 11th and um dean i thought we would wrap this one up with um the lyric video for the henchman since um people can hear that and see that now um uh, yeah, well, so- the henchman um the henchman was something that was written um mainly by Jeff back in, I think it was 90, 81 or 82. So mm-hmm. it was an interesting song because I loved it and it never seemed to make the cut. But uh, that song in itself was kind of, as I started sitting with it uh, and just trying to work it out, um, it was just sad because uh, it was the end of Leatherwolf for me, you know, the original right. guys. 
But the song I thought was a classic. It's a classic tune. Mm-hmm. You know? And Jeff should get some respect for, for writing the riff and what he did in it, you know, because uh, that song's better than a lot of other songs that are on our records, you know? Right. But it's a killer tune, I think. Absolutely. Well, let's share it with everybody right now. Uh, Leather Wolf, one more time. Kill the Hunted. November 11th is the date of the release. Make sure you buy it. Don't just stream it. Please buy it so that it helps these guys out. And Dean, thanks so much for joining me here on Chris Aiken Presents. We'll see you soon in your town. We're coming to play. Cool.